0: So, for example, we have a youth parliament where each year there are 100 youth parliamentarians that are selected and a cohort of them speak in parliament and they produce their respective positions based on a certain topic. And what becomes of these positions? I cannot think of five suggestions that have been made in the last three youth parliaments that have been implemented by respective government programs.
1: Welcome to another episode of Checkmate, a political podcast from Tenement Yard Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Tenement Yard underscore, and you can visit our website at www.tenementyardmedia.com. I'm the host for this episode, and my name is Paige. And in this episode, I'll be speaking with David Salon, and we will be talking about the failure of youth programs in Jamaica. David is currently pursuing a BSc in Public Policy and Management at the University of the West Indies, Mono. He is a member of the Political Awareness and Respect Initiative, the youth arm of the Office of the Political Ombudsman. He's the Commissioner at the Early Childhood Education Commission, a columnist at the Gleaner Company, and the 2020 Prime Minister of the National Youth Parliament. Thank you for joining me david
0: and thank you for having me Paige.
1: all right can you just start quickly about by telling our listeners about the reason behind writing this op-ed the op-ed by the way for our listeners will be linked below
0: all right so what i had noticed over the years is that we have in jamaica have consistently provided opportunities for young persons to be a part of youth-led organizations. But despite uh, that uh, increase in youth engagement, we still see where the 2020 Youth Development Index put on, uh, that was organized by the Commonwealth had indicated that our scores in civic participation has fallen. So the opinion piece was really investigating what are some of the reasons why despite these plethora of different organizations we still see a decline in that scope for youth participation
1: mm-hmm. oh, thank you and I I, I read the article I, I thought the reasonings that you gave were very much on point um, and have been things that young people in this country have been talking about for for a very very long time. You brought up the Youth Development Index. Can you expound on the 2020 Youth Development Index and Jamaica's place on the index?
0: Well, the Youth Development Index is a report that is published by the Commonwealth. And what it does is it's built around six domains, education, employment and opportunity, political and civic participation, equality and inclusion, peace and security and health and well-being. And it produces a composite score of all countries in the world based on how they perform in these respective uh, areas or domains. Uh, what this score had illustrated is that Jamaica has experienced a decline overall in youth development. And mind you, this is this was this took place before the COVID-19 pandemic. Why it is very uh, worrying. Of a sign to see is that previously, in the, when the report was published in 2016, Jamaica was actually commended for its uh, position in the score. So we see where there has been a significant follow follow up. up. We have made significant declines, and. Uh, what was particularly worrying was that the greatest level of decline was noted in that previous metric that was looking at political and civic participation that indicates mm-hmm. that despite the fact that we are seemingly providing opportunities for young people to express themselves it is not translating into meaningful engagement at that level
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah and i Reading your article, there's one line that really stuck out to me, and it was activity does not mean impact. And I can imagine a lot of people are listening to this and saying, whoa, Jamaica, ranking low on these index. We have all these youth programs and everybody is out there doing all these things, right? Can you talk a bit more about activity does not mean impact as well as you, you, can't, you, you constantly refer to the government's handling of youth groups as symbolic in in the article, can you talk more about about those things? Certainly,
0: so how, and this is talking from personal experience as someone who has served at the level in youth parliament and as former president of the Jamaica Prefects Association, we sometimes Mm -hmm. see where on paper, youth organizations are extremely active. So you have an executive chosen for the prefect Association every year for the national secondary students council, every year we have a national youth council. So we have whose these is different organizations that are designed and to so on and so forth. And you would have even seen recently and the where the Ministry of Education voices. has released the what has been the result of, of these organizations in previous, in most recent years, has been uh, mixed at best. So, for example. We have a youth parliament where each year there are 100 youth parliamentarians that are selected, and a cohort of them speak in parliament and they produce their respective positions based on a certain topic. And what becomes of these positions? I cannot think of five suggestions that have been made in the last three youth parliaments that have been implemented by respective government programs. The question so is do we want to create an environment where we have really glorified talk shops or do we want to create an environment where there is an opportunity to connect what young people want with the policy implementation process the originally the youth advisory council when it was first established under the first chairman Albert stewart it was designed to be that conduit between the starting or the implementation of policy that is recommended by the youth parliament. So these persons were appointed to different ministries and that that is where the uh, policy is supposed to be implemented. That is no longer the case to advisory councils later. So there is certainly a disconnect between the the organizations themselves as well as uh, what their potential impact is And that also extends even to our youth organizations that seemingly have more teeth, such as the Student Council. Uh, The Student Council was, uh, according to the education regulations of 1980, all schools are supposed to have a Student Council. But I can share this with you, all schools do not have a Student Council, and I have not had a Student Council for years. And uh, the NSSC, which is uh, supposed to be a far more robust organization because it is uh, supported by these respective councils the organizational body is funded by the ministry of education the ministry of education facilitates the 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 changing of its leadership and even recently i had found that organizations like that body cannot produce a flyer without being approved by a ministry of education bureaucrat so that doesn't strike me as a system that can facilitate real meaningful engagement. It's more a system for, in fact, coercion.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and speaking of symbolic, can you expound on whether this growing trend of youth identifying as youth advocates will impact the symbolic nature of these government-funded youth programs? No,
0: certainly what we see is a lot of window dressing so we have youth organizations and when there is let's say a visit of a head of state or there's a meeting we see a lot of pictures on social media uh, by these youth advocates who put youth advocates in their bios but at the end of the day what is the result of these uh, events what are the results of these sorts of consultation sessions Having consultation is simply a means to something, you do consultation because you want to achieve a certain ob- objective, but what exactly is the objective that you're achieving? We haven't been able to see, in my view, what has been uh, the result of these sorts of consultative sessions. So it is symbolic because you do have consultation, quote-unquote, or which is basically a discussion and you have a photo afterwards. But what has been, where is the, the conduit, where, where, where is the linkage between whether it be policy or between impact? Another point mm-hmm. to note as well, and, and I think many of your viewers will find this quite interesting, but uh, organizations like the Prefects Association, despite being integrated into the ministry for over three years, still does not have a budget assigned to it. Similarly, the National Youth Advisory Council, when I've spoken to representatives, as i understand it they also have not been able to receive their budget as yet and i know the argument is going to be made because of covid and such but i don't take that argument seriously because when we we provide the funding when we want to see a youth parliament in session because youth parliament isn't cheap having persons go to a hotel over the weekend that's not cheap but we make the funding the funding available but if it comes now to try and implement a project in a community you have to fight with a nail for resources from the ministry so again it it goes back to the premise that i had raised earlier that uh, these organizations exist on paper but it's a different story when you're trying to measure its impact oh yeah thank you for that you
1: outline Three reasons for jamaica's failure to achieve a robust youth participation in in the article tokenism being one um little or no funding being two and no clear leadership being being the third can you briefly expound on these reasons
0: all right so under the the point of tokenism and it's 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 a matter that i would have shared earlier uh, the if you look at what uh, the level of control young people have in the policy process, it's, it's rather negligible at best. Uh, so as mentioned earlier, you do have your consultation sessions, but uh, if uh, these consultation sessions doesn't mean that any decision can change or that any de- these decisions have been influenced by these consultation sessions and it is negligible so you have on paper you just have a consultation session but it doesn't produce any real impact at best Mm -hmm. now looking at the whole point of the issue of lack of funding money is the mother's milk of politics but money also enables young persons to be able to perform as they should and use that level of agency that they may have or that they may desire so, it shouldn't be the case where if somebody wants a consultation, someone wants to have a, a meeting, for example, mm-hmm. then they are so wedded to the idea of the Ministry of Education that they can't, the organization cannot exist otherwise. That doesn't produce the opportunity for robust participation because what happens is that if, for example, there are any shortfalls in a, in a budget, it could be very easy to simply go out and cut a youth organization. So it doesn't produce that level of security that you may want because what really happens is that these organizations become beholden to the ministry and it becomes beholden to the uh, personality or the priorities of the respective minister. And it's not to say that I'm seeing a case where I believe any youth organization is going to be shelled anytime soon, certainly not. And certainly our current education minister has demonstrated a certain interest in youth development. But uh, we cannot plan with the hope that this sort of culture will remain because two three ministers down the line, they may not be at a focus on youth development or youth-led organizations, and it could easily be cut because they're based on funding from the ministry. And to the point now with the the absence of clear leadership, this is a, a matter that is indicative of the political directorate, but also on the bureaucracy as well. So you would have seen in the article, we're just going to talk with the political directorate. There have been three portfolio ministers in the past four years, three state ministers in the past four years, as now there is no state minister that is able to provide that level of 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 support at that level and what this happens is that it puts pressure on our portfolio minister now to look at the the whole education sector which is very expansive as is and then also prioritizing time for for youth something is going to get neglected along the way Uh, but it also is problematic because each minister has their own priorities as previously mentioned and their own specific modus operandi of doing things. So when you're constantly changing them for whatever reason, it's uh, you don't get continuity as you would want because of the different priorities of the respective ministers. And it's even more worrying because not only is the political directorate also changing, but even the bureaucracy, which is usually designed to achieve stability, is also changing. So we haven't had our youth, the current youth director, is on secondment to CARICOM and has been on secondment for the past four years, I believe it is. And now we see where you have had three youth directors acting, youth directors, uh, after that point. So you have the same issue that is here where you are constantly having a change in policy, a change in priorities, and that, that doesn't bode well for leadership, which is really what is needed at this level.
1: No, thank you. And can you speak about the possible solutions that you laid out in the article and how they go about solving this problem?
0: Certainly. So the most important issue is to really secure funding. And uh, that can be done, whether it be through public-private partnerships, as that is something that I think we should seriously look into, or working with other, other groups to support these programs. So for example, you're looking at wanting to support students you have a number of organizations whether it be the association of principals and vice principals jamaica association of principals of secondary schools they could also provide support as well but it's also important that these organizations are empowered to seek funding which starts with them having a bank account where they can receive funding so that they can also manage their own affairs as well Uh, so that Structural change is needed, but also looking at other organizations to engage with is also useful. Then, under the point of leadership, we do we need to have a senior director in place that is able to oversee the sector. It cannot be every six months to a year. We constantly we have seen a change because that doesn't bode well for the the policy implementation process. So we do need to have someone who's Mm -hmm. clearly there who's able to provide the oversight that is needed and then another point with tokenism that requires more of a cultural change as well we are getting there so we have been talking a lot about youth interests recently but it needs to move from the point of us taking photos with young people and now moving in the direction of young people actually having influence on the policy process. My hope is that in the future we will see a time when we see young persons being able to weigh in on uh, potential laws in standing committees or being able to make presentations to different ministerial portfolios or persons who are able to weigh in and provide their suggestions or recommendations about policy changes. That is what is outlined in the National Youth Policy. We haven't gotten there as yet, and I hope we'll get there soon. But I would have to wait to see whether these changes are implemented. But that is what is needed to elevate the level of representation beyond tokenistic level. And another point to note as well, because I had the opportunity to interact with other persons from across the world, including, for example, um, some youth parliamentarians even from Sri Lanka. And every single law that relates to young people has to go through their youth parliament. And there are members of their youth parliament that actually accompany their minister uh, to events that they can also weigh in on discussions. So, it's different from how we do it, where we just go and speak every November. They actually work and perform to review policy. So, it's moving from consultation se- se- sessions to actual meaningful involvement.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for that. And I think that those are amazing solutions that you outlined. And I have just one more question for you. I think that. As, as I'm listening to you and have read your article, I wonder about the young person who wants to get involved. But maybe from the outside or from where they are, they've seen what's been happening. Um, they believe the same things you do. Maybe they've even read your article and they've said, well, you know, if he's in it and these are the conclusions he's come to, that it's not beneficial, then why should I still be involved what 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 would you say to young people who maybe arrive at the conclusion that there's no use in being involved since the involvement is purely activity and not necessarily impact
0: well i would say to those young persons that they should look at areas where they can carve out a niche where they can make an impact Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't say that it's all hopeless because I can say this, there are instances where you have robust youth engagement. I know, for example, on the Early Child Commission, um, the board chairman, Trisha Williams Singh, she has done a tremendous job in facilitating opportunities for me as a young person to really impact and contribute to the policymaking process. This year has been declared the Year of Early Child Development by our governor general and that was an initiative i had proposed to the board and the board accepted it and they and we completely supported it so there are opportunities where young persons can involve i can recall quite vividly even a few years ago when we had minister who was the state minister and he would ensure that there were representative, representatives from the different groups. So there were groups who were able to sit on the Youth Month Planning Committee, the Prime Minister Youth Award Committee. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's all hopeless, certainly not. There are great examples of people who have been facilitating at that opportunity. But I would say now for to those young persons to elevate the thinking beyond, beyond the day-to-day minutiae of party politics Mm -hmm. there you can make an impact outside of politics you can make an impact in your own community and not to be aligned politically to anyone and you can also make an impact despite being aligned to to a political party so it's up to them to determine what areas they're going to focus on what is their niche what is the impact that they want and they move accordingly so don't think of it as a way where you must be beholden to anybody's interest. You should look at the situation, assess the situation, and then work accordingly as to how to improve that situation.
1: Thank you for that. And, well, finally, you are the executive director of the new Jamaica Foundation. Can you tell our listeners about the foundation and the work that you and your team are doing?
0: Certainly. So the New Jamaica Foundation is really an organization designed to provide opportunities for young persons and promote their development. And over the years, we have done initiatives, whether it be donating 1,350 books at the start of the pandemic to uh, institutions in the the eastern end of the island, for example, in St. Thomas and Portland, such as Seaford High School, Robert Lightburn High School. We are currently in the process of planning our CSEC and CAPE marathon workshops. That is to start next week. We have had over, I believe it is over a thousand persons who have signed up so far. So that is also something that is very helpful, very positive. And prior to the pandemic, we have also facilitated opportunities for young persons to submit their articles to the paper, or they may have opportunities to meet with the different representatives so to be able to get that experience nationally so that's just a, a small synopsis of some of the work that we do uh, I would encourage persons to check out our social media pages new ja underscore foundation and I'll be excited to work with any person who is interested
1: thank you thank you so much thank you for your time um, the work you've been doing and most of all actually thank you for your optimism I think you've given me new insights this morning
0: Certainly, and and thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. This has been another episode of Checkmate, the political podcast by Tenement Yard Media. Don't forget to check us out on social media at Tenement Yard underscore and on our website at www.tenementyardmedia.com. And don't forget to share the podcast with a friend.
0: You've just listened to Checkmate, a political podcast from Tenement Yard Media. We'd love your support to keep the show going. For as little as a dollar monthly on our Patreon at patreon.com/tenementyardmedia, you can become a tenant and support us as we educate more people about West Indian politics, history, and sociology. That's patreon.com/tenementyardmedia to pledge your monthly support, or tenementyardmedia.com to make a one-time donation of your choice.